0: Hello and welcome to episode number six of this podcast. My name is Elliot Greenman and I run this podcast with my friend Alexia Nell. Um, this week's podcast is super positive, it's so great, it's, I think it's my favourite so far um, We start off talking about uh pain and paying attention to it and injuries in general And how your body can really change things with a, a positive attitude um, And then we go on to talk about meaning, suffering and addiction again And attention with regards to those yeah. and something called the homunculus um, and then we go on to discuss, um, other ideas or things, um, where, you know, you can really, if you have a positive attitude towards it, you can really get some, some, something fruitful from it. So I don't know if you remember the, um, situation with Nike having plus sized mannequins for their sportswear. And I think I mentioned an independent article or a news article in particular that was saying it was a bit ridiculous i was a bit split in my thought uh, thoughts to it and then alexi was talking about how there's just so much positive in that it, like you know focus on the positive and then we can kind of move forward um and then the same thing with regards to cars and things like that so yeah i hope you enjoy this podcast again as i say it was really positive um and i hope you you enjoy it perambulations in franglais
1: Try. I don't think it's by not trying. It's dev- not going to happen for sure. <laughs> yeah, that's guaranteed. That's it, hundred percent sure. Some habits die really hard, and then it's really well ingrained, and the pattern matching is really, and the, how easy he is uh, triggered is really, really profound, really, and that's the difficult part, really. So established, it's so facilitated. The body part gets even bigger in your monculus all the
0: adjacent areas get a bit more sensitized and then whoa. so everything around you pay, atten- you everything pay even more around attention everything around you pay attention to everything around it is
1: like yeah the f- and, uh, how, how but it's interesting to look at really because it's a bit of a chronic condition again huh? you get the workload it focuses your attention onto the workload you for you're like sure i can exercise no, it's not that you can't exercise, but there's some part of your exercising you have to curb uh, down, really. And, uh, and you not, not to do too, too much of it in order not to exacerbate the whole thing, really. And remember, when you exercise, you bring the blood away from your gut as well. So your gut doesn't feel very good. Exercising for IBS is not really the best thing, really, you know? Yeah. I, I the haven't... thing really in a way which is quite a tricky it's quite a tricky thing really and I see a lot of people who've got IBS tend to exercise quite a lot they go to the gym and sing really but they don't have that when they are not at the gym because their way of managing their stress is with exercising it's not by actually relaxing it's not by actually
0: meditative it's, it's not actually about
1: breathing it's not
0: really managing well it's, it's, no, not it's re- managing it's not, their it's, emotional it's, stress it's probably not managing it in a balanced fashion
1: yeah yeah yeah. Well, yeah, yeah but no no they they are balancing their uh They are are getting a bit of daydreaming and they are uh, finding solution and then they can rehearse the whole lot and then shelve it and things like that, really. So the whole cognitive problem is actually dealt with pretty well like that, really. But the problem is by exercising, you get the blood away from your gut and that's uh, not really helping for the IBS, really. And then when you eat before exercising, (laughs) all the rest... that is really bad. That's it, that's it. And if you exercise first thing in the morning, you're not very well hydrated, all the rest because you spend the night, all the rest and things so it's becoming it's a bit of a head fuck really you gotta be really routine like get a good yep. routine get a routine and then uh, get the whole lot to uh, uh, deal with your gut really and your, your diet is one thing but actually breathing is really good really mm. all those breathing exercises because that's the whole thing is bit like oh you need to do mindfulness <laughs> mindfulness of what? To be mindful of being mindful, yeah. Be mindful of where I step <laughs> Yeah. To be mindful of, or to pay to be mindful of your uh, little hernia. Or to be to put more even attention. I think it's a bit of a tricky misnomer again. Yeah. It's a bit of a, and I think that the whole stuff, really, you need to, when Jordan Peterson talks about meaning, really, you, you must not. Uh, Thriving for happiness, being a complete luxury, really. But finding
0: meaning in your life is a freaking obligation, really. Well, he says it's the it's it's a really good antidote to to chaos. Chaos, or um, it is chaos, but it also says like (laughs) suffering. I said suffering. Yeah, really good antidote. to Suffering. and I I really like that idea because can't remember i probably heard this from him i'm sure but um maybe it was an idea that i came up with i like the idea of finding meaning and that being an antidote to suffering and potentially when you become really well versed in you know finding that meaning and working towards that meaning maybe that meaning could be could actually go could mitigate some of the biggest pieces of suffering that like trouble you like whether that's a you know world poverty or climate change or whether it's you know your mom having ms or whatever that's it, that's it that's you it. can really find some meaning and some beautiful things and sort of it can literally you can literally make that meaning an antidote to everything to, su- suffering. to suffering directly yeah. and everything that's it because of pain Pain is a whole thing, really. That's what it's on about, really. But the, the chronic thing, it's almost like... Um, so you you were talking about the, like, pain or, um, like, IBS and yeah. my, my hernia and yeah. blah, blah, blah. So I've been thinking about this. It's always like... Or my eczema. We become something. really um, well-trained or addicted to... Mm-hmm. It's like, it's, it, we are, it's like breaking an addiction for yeah. stuff like. For focusing your mind on the whole lot. Yeah. And then, and
1: then, fo- and that focusing of your mind on that whole body area due to pain or discomfort or whatever, the thought that it leads to.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and the thought that it leads to usually is not super positive. <laughs> bizarrely yeah. it's a bit weird and, and the thing, really. I was reading a I took one of your National Geographic uh, magazines a couple of weeks ago on addiction yeah. Yeah. and it has a picture of the brain or like a graphic of the brain yeah. and has all the different parts yeah. so like it so- talks about the dopamine coming through yeah. blah 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 but it has like there's like seven different areas of the brain hotspots and stuff that are activated and it talks there about how you remember a pastime, not only a pastime when you took, the, this one's particular, oh, one is talking about cocaine, yeah. but I'm guessing this can be applied to everything because it's just yeah. a, the rewar, reward system right? and the positive feedback loop That's it. that we put mm-hmm. ourselves in when we're addicted to That's it. maybe a substance, but also mm-hmm. maybe addicted to a pattern of behavior. Yeah. So you talk about the memory of the world? Not only the memory of doing it before, but the yeah. memory of the expectation you had of doing it before. <laughs> and it's like, but and you there isn't any part that's activated that's talking about the memory of what you had after yeah before so it's like it's even more important you you always talk about the positive of doing something yeah and then the negative of doing something yeah and then the positive of not Not doing doing something so for for me with i don't know with breathing or meditation it's like what's the positive of um what's the the uh, positive of not, not doing, doing meditation, meditation. what's the negative of not doing meditation yeah. and then what's the positive of doing, doing meditation. meditation and okay. it's really hard to when you're sat down and you know, you're know you busy from work and you want to chill out mm-hmm. or make food or do whatever you've got planned, it's really hard to take time to be able to do that mm-hmm. and I've been meaning to write some of my like biggest dragons if you like, some yeah. of the biggest things that I want to figure out like meditation and breathing I've been meaning to write those down on my wall which I still haven't done and put them have those three columns of yeah. you know the positive of doing it the negative of doing it yeah. and then the, the negative or, the positive or of not doing, not doing it or, what, or, vice, or versa, yeah. vice versa which or whichever versa three do. sort of supports That's the it. action that you would like to take forward and, and and goes against the action that you want to
1: leave behind but if you figure out what is it going to give you and how is it going to help you meet your needs because the meditation is uh, sometimes to be on your own so it's a bit of privacy and sometimes sometimes a not really we want to be with others we want because we've been at work we feel like we need to be interact with other people with your flatmate all the rest and thing really and sometimes it's not that meaningful because it's, uh, it's not interacting with others really. it's to have a meaningful relationship with others really. and you need to be able to have a level three or level four conversation really. and there's not too many people you can do that with really. So your flatmate is like, "Oh, it's raining today or oh, it's shit or oh, yeah, my heart is itching and then that's it really. And that's it. It's, not, it's really a completely shallow conversation really. So do you think there's a value into that really? Rather than uh, being able to have some time where you can really focus on having a bit more privacy, but focusing on your uh, well-being as well and the feedback you're going to have and diminishing the sensation you have from your gut and things like that, really. Which uh, the least sensation from your gut, the least the thought process gets warped as well, really. And the more you're able to see those three columns and uh, focus on uh, how bad it is to not do the whole lot and how good it is to do it, really, mm-hmm. in order to... Uh,
0: rather than how good it is not to do it. But then there's there's almost like a sea of uh, like, I guess, like semi addictions or like there's a sea of yeah. like it's so easy to be addicted to so many things. Yeah. It's not just it's like the, the it's not just smoking or yeah. drugs or alcohol. Sure. It's like sports, food, uh, relationships, uh, uh,
1: buying socks. Uh, gambling mm-hmm. uh, driving fast uh, like all the stuff of course but as, as we you said
0: a it. minute ago it's like you can be addicted to a pattern of behavior like yes. it's like um, Ivan Tyrell um, obviously one of the founders of Human Gibbons yeah. um, talks about it really interestingly in some, and I listened to a um, interview of him to, uh, talking about Godhead his book we both really like and and um, some of it's a little bit far out. He goes pretty wacky with some some of the ideas that they've got. Um, but he, he talks about like templates. He was like, we with the pattern matching and blah blah blah, and our and our um, like evolutionary uh, like chemicals in our body reward system that we've built. We we build templates, and some of these templates might be really useful, like learning a, a, a language or or uh, instrument or learning, you know, how you become really competent at your job or whatever. Mm-hmm. But it can also be focusing, like getting psychotic. Like I feel like I, I have been over the last couple of weeks, yeah. psychotic about an ailment. Yeah. And then as soon as you're able to kind of, I guess, acknowledge that and then and then maybe de-arouse yourself a little bit. The, relief, the, the relief is, yeah, rationalise <laughs> the relief is massive. But that's why we talk about uh, all those archetypal
1: uh, type thing, really. Because we are not the first humans to deal with those templates, really. That's the main thing, really. So, like if we say, in Godhead, they talk about, and in Godhead, yes, they talk about it, but in you go to Lascaux or Chauvet, uh, caves in France, it's uh, the start of, the start of, that spark in the whole bloody brain really and we become conscious of being conscious really that's that's pretty massive evolutionary stuff really what well, like, and- at the location yeah, 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 In the caves and thing, and then the painting, all the whole stuff about the dream. Sure. It's a dream. It's going in a dream and, and dreaming with others. And then you look at the wall you look at the stalactite and it looks like a horse and you draw it a bit to make it look so you, you pattern match all the rest and things like that, really. But humans have gone through having to deal with ailments all the time. Cause that's what they, that's, you know. Yeah, like, it's just what's it, the latest ailment. Uh, That's it, that's it, that's it. But it's still the same thing. We've got all those patterns in the brain that we've already all dealt with for the last 40,000 years, really. And that's the whole thing, the books, like uh, we talk about the Bible a bit and the Old Testament and the pre-flood stories. We talk about... The book of Gilgamesh, will talk about all the whole thing with the Iliad and the Odyssey, with uh, all those kind of stuff, the Trojan Wars, all those kind of stuff, and all the sub-stories behind it is all to do with what we've always dealt with, really. It's what we are dealing with now, in a way, really. But it's a sub-story, really. It's all the whole context, really. That's the main thing, really. And the, it's, the narrative is still the same. The there's nothing new. Yeah, There's no, It's not because you go m- mobile phones that it changes anything, mm. really. It's uh, your attention who's being drawn away from other uh, important things, really. That's but what I, think, That's what so they, tap, yeah. they tap on the whole lot and you have to use your hands, which has a big, big stuff. You don't use your foot to... If we had to use a mobile phone with our feet, it will not be very popular, really, because we won't be too interested. It would be a freaking pain, really. But because it's our hands, because it feels... Good and the whole tactile, tactile type thing. Your brain gets like aroused so quickly. Really.
0: And so, that's
1: the homunculus thing,
0: right? Homunculus, the, the yeah. That's the motor and the, and the sensory
1: part of your brain. Because
0: they for, for our hands, it's, it's really, really tension. Ginormous, really. Yeah, ginormous. It's a big part of the brain, right?
1: It's all that's a big it. section of the... And imagine smoking with your hand and your mouth and the oxytocin yeah, and the-, the breath and all the rest. I is it's completely bonkers. So it's super easy to fall into the booby trap, really. But, uh, unless you know a bit what the booby trap is,
0: but the booby trap has been there forever it's not a new it's yeah, not a new thing I was thinking this, a really. I was thinking this the other day our our like basic needs have never ever ever been met in such a, um, I guess extravagant fashion not not necessarily Potent- balanced but We've like been at, potentially like, met We've like, been potentially like food met. I mean like food, water and shelter yeah. like those three like poverty has is, uh, is probably at never least. ever been so low so low that's it and, that's it. and it's it, it's certainly not been this low since we started recording it. And yeah. so, like, across the world, my I've never really had to worry. You know, I've got yeah. hungry sometimes and not yeah. been able to afford food. Yeah. But that's been, like, a day or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and so I never actually had to worry about any of those things. Mm-hmm. Running water, we have... We shower ourselves in it yeah, yeah. every day, basically. You
1: even uh, you even flush the toilet with uh, fifty liter of water for 100 hundred hundred cc of urine. <laughs>
0: yeah, imagine the luxury, <laughs> and it's drinking water. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's not only filtered; it's treated water. Exactly, completely absurd. Yeah, but I was thinking because we don't have any of those like basic needs for ourselves, or our family, or our communities that we really need to. Um, We don't have the worry of them not being met. Uh
1: But the main problem, uh, the main thing is somebody is helping you to meet them.
0: You haven't had to meet them yourself. So is it the act that we we haven't had to uh, meet it ourselves? So it's not really
1: helping you to actually meet the other needs yourself. Because the thing is, really. somebody is uh, managing the water and we don't have to think about it. And you just have to turn the tap. You don't have to run to, you don't have to dig the freaking uh, well. You don't have to uh, wheel the whole lot up and down and contend with the other people who use it. All those kind of things really, okay? And then the drought and then the whole lot and thing, really. So that, that would be uh, need mate and then love. That's the thing, but nowadays you don't have to actually do it. You have to. There's somebody de- doing it for you. But that's that's the way. point, and, and and that's difficult because that's not really helping you to have to deal with it yourself and all the other needs that uh, not the shelter, the warmth, and the food and all those kind of stuff, but all the emotional needs. Mm. Then you think somebody else is going to deal with uh, deal with them for you, really? Well, yeah, so, well, I, mean, I, I mean you're not very well trained. You're not. It's not helping you to actually. Uh, meet that yourself, really. Is that the main problem. Really? That's my
0: point because I, I think lots of the basic things, like hunting, for example, you got a you got a constant um, uh, reassurance or a reminder of um, your competence in hunting, because yeah. you know, or your competence in your role within the hunting, or mm-hmm. or food, or the community within itself, based mm-hmm. around food, mm-hmm. because you had to, mm-hmm. and then you had also you got a reminder of like. Um, a control community. Um, I guess. Competence. Yeah, competence. Yeah. Um, Meaningful w- relationship with others. You have to be quiet if you want to go. If you want
1: to go hunting with me, we know that we might actually die.
0: Yeah, attention we as well. Be, yeah. We um, so your your emotional needs got met in a balanced fashion because our basic needs required so much of our emotional needs. And so what I was thinking the other day was now that all of those basic needs, I'm talking shelter, yeah. food, water, are yeah. uh, we never have to think of them, basically. Yeah. Um, and so many people have mental illness or uh, unfulfillment or anxiety or yeah. something of some sort. Uh-huh. Like, I basically don't know anyone who hasn't experienced it at some point. Uh-huh. Now we're having to really understand how we can get those emotional needs met in a balanced fashion. Um, do you think that it's going to take us to like quite an interesting space in let's say a hundred or a hundred or maybe even less than a hundred years. Yeah. I'm not so sure already because it feels like
1: it's uh, been done and doing again and doing again and doing again. I don't think we are as evolved as we could be in that level. Yeah. And I've, myself, yeah. myself uh, first, I will put myself first on the, on the list Of that, really. I feel like I'm rehearsing some of the patterns that have been rehearsed by people before me many, many times. And there's been no, I haven't been able to have that passed on for me really clearly. My parents passed on certain things for me, maybe of taking responsibility and making the decision and certain choices uh, and uh, dealing with the consequences of it uh, quite earlier on, really. But they haven't really talked to me and articulated it in a quite that well-fashioned, in a way. And to look at the sub-story a little bit, I've not really been trained to do that, really. Mm. But if I maybe can train my kids... To actually do it, they'll be doing it from their adolescence or uh, 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 late childhood, really. Mm. And then they can, uh, when they start to understand, after the age of seven or eight, when you start to reason a little bit and you're able to empathize with others and uh, look at, uh, and you understand a bit, oh, you're, ty- oh you're, uh, you're, uh, you're, uh, you're sad, daddy, or something like that. A five-year-old doesn't ask you whether you're sad, really. He doesn't even compute, really. He's not <laughs> interested, really. Is sad, and the whole world should be sad because it's sad. That's the thing, really. Mm. But when you're seven, you realize that you're sad, and it doesn't mean that the others can be sad. Some some others are going to be quite actually happy for you to be sad. <laughs> anyway, that's another story. But we have not evolved one bit, and I think we're pretty backwards. Yeah, um, um, and people are so poorly equipped with those kind of stuff, and maybe from. Some of the basic needs having to be met, really, and or or and some of the basic needs being met, or you're helped by others to meet those basic needs, and that's a bit the whole the whole thing, really. It it makes you a bit complacent, maybe Com-
0: complacent, yeah, complacent, yeah, yeah. It's like we've got too much to served to us on a plate that yeah. we it's almost like we don't know what to pay attention to. Yeah. It's like people just watch, watch stuff, eat stuff. Food's another really interesting addiction, which is obviously massively, um, like our, our templates or our, our our templates for like the reward system was largely based around, like it would have been largely based around food and, and that's, that's super interesting now because I, I never really thought about that before. A, because I didn't believe in evolution. And B, when I did believe in evolution, I then didn't know about this till relatively recently. And it's like we needed to get food and supply food for for ourselves and our loved ones and community, blah, blah, blah. And so the reward is really, really high. And they I read um, something age ago by uh, a nutritionist or biologist called Dr. Rhonda Patrick. And she was talking about how it looks like um there's like lots of studies or a handful of studies that quite strongly suggest that when we eat food in a large group and we like you know the whole thing of breaking the bread and blah 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 in a big group community of people your body is way more likely to take in the nutrients it's not like you're less likely to have irritation etc and so like our our bodies of are like the perfect um Machines to evolve to our state now, and now everything that's got us to this stage because we only live in a short window and history's really warped, and even you know your stories from your dad or whatever are his versions of the stories now we're just like, okay, now just getting my next gratification my mm-hmm. next thing it's really yeah, it's really interesting mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It makes a lot of sense and uh um i've been reading I've been reading and listening to quite a bit of Graham Hancock recently about like. Egyptians he's got a new book out which I haven't read yet but I've heard him talk about it and he is so certain he is so certain that not only it feels like we 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 always act as if we're really really evolved and we're almost quite arrogant about the past I think in lots of ways and generally it's like most people agree that you know it's 2000 years ago-ish that since Jesus and that like he was a real person regardless of whether you what you think mm-hmm. he was yeah. and but he graham hancock's like you know with all the egyptian stuff and now his focus has been on america the americas and how they've really mm-hmm. not been well researched at all because archaeologists never went further back than one or two thousand years or something and he's like absolutely certain that not only was there a civilization before where we thought there was a civilization and there was a cataclysm that wiped them out but he actually thinks that they were as far evolved as we were potentially in like the 18th maybe 19th century which is really recent Mm -hmm. it's like if if that's the case because they found like screws and stuff like that like in really really deep in rocks and Mm -hmm. yeah it's all it's all very interesting
1: yeah 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 I'm not too sure I think the world you know I was talking to you about the heliacal rising of Sotis, which is like uh, Sirius, the dog star, the brightest star in the constellation of uh, Candice Major, which is just on uh, the southwest of uh, Orion, tend to rise at the same time as the sun, when the flood of the Nile occurs. And somehow, there's, with the precession of the earth and uh, uh, the wobble of the earth and all those kind of things, there's, it seems to be that there's a 1200 year cycle to it, okay? to the phenomenon. Mm-hmm. And in Saqqara, that the stepped uh, pyramid in Egypt, is written in hieroglyph that the whole heliacal uh, rising of Sotis happens at that, it uh, coincides with a, a flood and, and the whole fertilizing of the uh, Nile Delta and all the uh, silt is uh, being uh, deposited and all those kind of stuff. And it has a 1,200-year cycle. So that's two, that's 3,000 years before Christ is it's returned down, but there's a 1,200-year cycle then so, to, for you to be able to know there's a 1200 year cycle, you need to be, you need to have looked at it at least three times. Let's say, if we were to be conservative, maybe five, in a way, really. To be really quite sure, really. That it's definitely a cycle. A cycle really, yeah. In a way. <clears throat> and then, so, if, if we were saying five, it would be 6,000 years. If we say there's 20 years per generation, that's a good, <laughs> that's a good, 300 generations. Okay. So you got 300 generations of people who actually were looking at the stars in order and correlating certain astronomical events with uh, something happening in the world, in a way. And they were able to correlate it and see that it was a bit changing at different time of the year. And able to pick up that there was a 1200 year cycle after having watched it for quite a while. So, yeah, the fact that there's a, a civilization before and people were quite evolved and they were able to make those kind of observation and the relevance of it for them was pretty high, really. And they had to have an oral... Because we don't think, well, as far as... History, I don't know, the archaeological finds uh, go. I think uh, 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 all the writing and the cuneiform in uh, in Mesopotamia is maybe the start of it a little bit, really. So the first cities are 10,000 years old, roughly, more or less, something like that, really. You see I mean, really? In the last glaciation, all the rest and things. So the whole modern history we have here in, uh, in uh, Middle East, and Egyptian area, Turkey, all the agri- agricultural change and all those kind of stuff happened 10,000 years ago. Yeah, great, but there was something before and people were interacting in a quite interesting fashion uh, before because we had that metaphorical way of looking at things all 30 or 40,000 years ago, really. So, you
0: could tell that from the, the hieroglyphs. But I know uh, so.
1: from that story really you get like you get he, the guy writes down there's a 1200 year cycle 3000 years before Christ that's where he writes down so it's a common knowledge, and it's uh, important enough because it's a flood, and it's actually bringing life to the bloody country in a way because there's been desertification all over the North African place in that uh, after the post-glaciation area. It used to be a savanna. If you go to the Tibesti, tea, for example, it's like a, uh, mountains in the, in the in the north of Africa mountains or mountainous region in the north of Africa there's cave paintings and there's alligators there's giraffes there's rhinos there's all the whole lot of uh, African things but it's a freaking desert really There's no more than anything. So I'm pretty sure it was a hunting ground for a lot of people, and all of a sudden everybody from a climate change, pressure, and that post-glaciation type area, they were pushed towards somewhere where there was a bit more certainty, a bit more consistency. And I think the Nile Delta was one place, and the Nile Delta was giving life or death. If you didn't know when the flood was coming and your hut was there, you would not fend very well, really. So you needed to know whether it was happening or not really and you need to if you were planting things or, or, or hunting all those kind of stuff you had to do it really and the wool guy talks about that and when it happens and correlates it with an astronomical event and talks about the fact that there's a 1200 year cycle then so 1200 year cycle you need another at least 3600 years before that really in to even have uh, started the world. So I think we could say, uh, if we put another 2,500 years, it's not too too out of the out of work really. So another 6,000 years. So that's like a good 10,000 years ago. The guys that uh, were starting, and after they took, uh, I don't know, maybe they were writing, and maybe they were writing on, uh, in the air, or something like that, and then we haven't got no trace of it, really. Mm-hmm. But that's a pretty evolved way of thinking, really.
0: Yeah, well, the, some of the, like, the Great Pyramid and Pyramid, was the one that, is it called Pyramid B or something? Yeah. yeah. Um, and then the third one. Yeah. The alignment of those is like yeah. Orion's Belt. And then the, yeah. they, they always thought that the, the Sphinx pointed to the Taurus. Yeah. Right? But um, Graham Hancock, this was like an old thing. Because I don't really know much about the Egyptians. Because uh, when you look at the belt of Orion, there's
1: a, there's a Pleiades, yeah. and behind the Pleiades, because uh, Orion is in love with the Pleiades, mm-hmm. or one of the Pleiades, whatever. And then uh, the Pleiades, there's a Taurus, who's in between the two of them, really. So he's having, he's with his
0: club, and he's going to want to um, whack... I thought you know, it was something to do with Leo, and, Le- and the yeah, Leo is alignment the of Leo yeah. on the Sphinx on that point on the Sphinx would have yeah. been like twelve, twelve thousand years ago or something. Yeah it? yeah. Scorpion, Scorpion things were so, pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah yeah it's pretty crazy but I think they were
1: People were observing things, they were pattern-matching, they were making a metaphorical representation, they were looking at the way the stars were aligning and how it was working with the moon and the sun a long, long time ago. And they were looking at uh, at cycles because they were uh, farming and they were doing all sorts of things, really. And it was really important, it was life and death, really. And they were starting to notice, who noticed, how do... How do you notice those things? How do you note it? How do you record it? How do you go about knowing, really? That's the whole thing, really. Where, how do you know about how to make a stone Stonehenge? How do you know how to make... <laughs> where does it come from? That's the whole lot, really. So and there was, why? And why do you want to do it, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, that's another story. There's lots of... There's very interesting theories behind that, really. But you you're in a certain way of thinking, you use your right brain, you're a hunter-gatherer, you're quite realistic, there's no property, there's no sense of work or things like that, really, as such, really. You don't reward people with money, all those kind of stuff, you barter, all those kind of stuff, you're, it's a very matriarchal, driven society, and it's that right brain uh,
0: that dominates, really. Whereas now, now, would you say it is more pa- patriarchal so far as yeah. not men being dominant just the left, male side the, left, left, side brain, the
1: brain. left brain yeah that's it it's left brain dominant yeah. patriarchal or matri- matriarchal is a bit overrated i think it was a right brain dominated men and women were mostly into their right brain
0: back then back then and now they're mostly, now they're mostly into
1: their left brain that's the whole thing on the bell curve in a way, so it's a bit more, it's a bit more calculated, it's a bit more sequential, it's a bit more callous, it's a bit like less emotion, it's a bit less, you know, less colorful, less imaginative. There's a bit more, there's a, there's property, there's a, there's a value to things, a monetary value, all those kind of stuff. There's laws, there's stuff, there's things that you obey to, all those kind of stuff, really. So the transition uh, imagine talking to somebody whose who's life is ruled by his right brain and is, is interacting with his environment with his right brain but if you do that and you sedentarize you have to wait for your crop it's, it's the middle of winter because for your crop next year you have to keep some grain and if the crop was not very good what do you do? <laughs> starve or don't eat next year starve or don't eat next year That's I will have this one as well. This one doesn't go in the ground and doesn't give you ten of those really. And imagine you you meet with somebody who's a hunter gatherer. He doesn't really he doesn't have to store anything, he doesn't have to stay in the same place, he does he sees the stuff very differently, his world is completely ruled differently really. Mm. We talk about extraterrestrials, but I think that's pretty much as far as it goes to being a complete what, UFO. Already. What hunter gatherer? Oh, yeah, compared to a guy who sedentarized, Really? Mm. How do you get a hunter gatherer to actually sedentarize? rise? So you were talking about complete black, complete black, complete black, complete, complete black, 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 I can't remember the name. I can't even pronounce it. Complete sap. Yes, that's it. In Turkey. Yeah. Seeing and that's maybe been uh, actually a temple that's been built by hunter gatherers.
0: Yeah, how did it th- was not how do they know that why do they think it's because there's no permanent uh, settlement oh. around it that we can that we maybe there was but it's made out of wood
1: oh no because uh, wood you need to put it in the ground you need to make holes in the ground and when the wood rots the whole hole stays and then you can tell it because it was like uh, henges in around Stonehenge, which predate from Stonehenge. If There's a very good program nowadays on the BBC about that. And then they look at the wall feather or reaches a little bit and where it starts and some of the clearing for uh, hunting, all those kind of stuff, a bit, really. So they are hunter-gatherers then, really. They don't really bridge too much the subject of that, really. But you got hunter-gatherers who put it together, really. And they make a permanent uh, uh, thing, a permanent structure, really, which is a bit maybe quite evolved in their way of looking at the world, because like, a, like are, a mecca, right? Like a, yeah, like a pilgrimage. Because if if they're not, if not
0: they're not there all the time, because I have yeah. Then it would suggest that maybe they yeah. they come at a certain time of the year, all those kind of stuff and things, really. I, st- I still kind of feel like that's a big leap. To, same. Just because there's certain ways that we measure whether people s- set up a community there. Yeah, yeah. Like maybe there's, there's other, you know, maybe there's, of course, maybe there's other explanations.
1: As far as when we look at uh, other places and we see more permanent settlement around those kind of stuff and the rituals that happen, all those kind of stuff, we know that Stonehenge is the middle of the winter uh, ceremonial place. Oh, how do we know? Ah, because there's loads of little piglets that have been uh, killed. <laughs> and the little piglets are uh, born uh, the previous, uh, the previous year, really. That's the thing, really. So we sacrifice uh, some of the pigs that were born that year. The, that's it, really. And then you can see that in the bones of the piglets, really. That's the whole lot, really. And it's, you sacrifice your best uh, part. At the time where it's the uh, uh, most, uh, you're at the middle of the of the time where you're uh, most restrained in terms of the amount of food you have, really. Yeah.
0: So you sac- you make the biggest sacrifice when you need it the most. When you need it the, when you need that uh, when you need that thing the most. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
1: You sacrifice it when you need it the most. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. In order to, uh,
0: because you believe in the world lot, you think yeah. that there is going to be a better time ahead of you. Really. Well, there seems to be, you know, if you're going left brain and business about it, there seems to be a positive return on investment when you make a big sacrifice. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it rewards you as well. All the world lot, part yeah. of
1: the community, so you meet quality of your needs like that. All those kind of stuff, really. But. Uh, if your guy thinks there was a civilization before all that, yeah, yeah, of course, there was some, there were people uh, sharing really meaningful relation, uh, really meaningful information and relevant information for Five, six thousand years before the whole stuff was written in the Saqqara uh, about the aliakal rising of Sotis. Somebody knew about that way back for somebody three thousand years ago to say, oh, they, oh, and by the way, the
0: a 1200
1: year cycle to it. I've well, just
0: remembered that um, that's pretty widely accepted by archaeologists now, I think, that the pyramids uh, predate what they originally thought, which is like, I think it was like 2000 BC or something. Oh yeah, but, but what, more. He, or, or more. But yeah, they they, more. they all say they I think they found something or dated something. I can't remember what yeah. I took it back to 12, 1200, 500 BC. Yeah. It's because I was, I've only just started reading Fingerprints of the Gods, which yeah. is his. <clears throat> what I think his first book on this kind of stuff, yeah. and. Um, and he's obviously talking about it in there and mm-hmm. back in 1995 when he released the book that was quite big information mm-hmm. and he got slated massively by archaeologists mm-hmm. but i think since then it's quite widely accepted mm-hmm. but what he was talking about um was that he thinks ancient civilizations weren't just in that area of the world we need to look in the americas and uh, is it lidar i think there's like um do you know lidar it's like a, a it's I can't remember what technology it is, but it's similar to radar Mm -hmm. from the sky. And Mm -hmm. I think they found some crazy stuff underneath the um, Amazon rainforest and stuff. And he was like, it's, yeah, it's just, it's just interesting there's like big gaps in my history knowledge because at school, I always, basically anything that suggested going back further than like 5,000 years or whatever, I was like, "Nope, not possible because i only thought the earth was like eight or nine or ten thousand years old um but, but the idea of uh, of uh,
1: earth that it is the way it is now in our head is possibly not much older than that that's the whole thing what do because you mean? what do you mean the concept we have of what the earth is in a way with the garden of eden with the knowledge with the, with all the wall uh, flood, all those kind of stuff, is maybe not such a long time ago where well, that idea of an earth uh, like that is, really. Well, so, so, so it's not really far-fetched to think that the earth, the way we think it and the way we can conceptualize it, is not very old, of course, really. Yes, of course, geologically speaking, it's uh, a few more billion years, really. It's all fine, really. It doesn't really exclude the fact that some kind of idea of the earth and the way we sit in the earth and, and how we interact with what's in the earth and how it's been put for us, maybe, to enjoy or we think it is for us to have dominion over and all those kind of stuff is a quite very recent uh, way of thinking and maybe not much further than 10,000 years ago, a bit, bit more, maybe, but.
0: Is that mean, really? But so, but maybe it, maybe it isn't because if if you think that the Earth is that that young or ten thousand years old, this is what I was thinking about with the Americas thing because I I didn't really know much about the real story to do with the Native Americans and stuff like that and, and the uh, Incas or yeah, the Toltecs. and and and, and, yeah. and the Aztecs and things yeah. like that and it's like they that got me thinking even more because it's like we're so so stuck in our immediate surroundings and i mean i mean that just actual surroundings or like f- physical surroundings but also like our time surroundings so like what have i got on next week or what happened a week ago or what was my last birthday like or what was my next birthday like and the idea of you know we spoke before about how i'd love to own some land and but then the idea of owning something is like it's a little bit funny but it's like People in America and like Trump and those people who are like make it America great again—that's really awesome. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing at all. It's probably got loads of benefit, but it's like you need to kind of keep it in mind of like this is only borrowed. Like people love yeah. their grandchildren, but their grandchildren's grandchildren—it's Yeah. Th- it's going to be a very, very, very different world. And I, th- I think, and like they're going to own the land or they're going to rent the land yeah. at that point in their life. Yeah. And the idea of us, it being like, this is my patch of earth. I'm very, you know, I'm very pro-Wiltshire and I can't believe I'm sat in Gloucestershire at the moment talking to you. And it's like, I think it is quite important in some ways to be like, you know, if you do believe they are 10 thousand years old then hopefully that is long no, enough
1: I'm, I'm talking about the concept of uh, the I know, I know I know 10, you will, but the, yeah, the concept
0: yeah. of it being longer yeah. is like yeah, yeah. oh, way or 40 thousand years old, this actual 40, land would have been probably well definitely very very different topologically yeah. it would have been pretty different yeah. like 20,000 years ago yeah. but go back a million years or yeah. two or a billion yeah. it's yeah. like this could have been you know this bit these yeah. bits of atoms might like, have been hot molten whatever and yeah, yeah. spent all that time coming to the surface it's like yeah. everything is is very fragile and being mm-hmm. really certain about you know about your ideas based on yeah, yeah. based on your like group label based on your yeah, yeah. Wiltshire or UK or something is it's the more ridic- it's so ridiculous
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah
0: yeah I think the wall but the
1: whole historical and archaeological uh, way of doing is there's a certain way of doing it that's the main thing really it's a bit like physics there's a certain way of doing it it's a bit like chemistry Mm -hmm. there's a certain way of doing it there's there's laws in the law and that's a certain axiom you can't really go around with so with the amount of uh, 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 digs Uh, 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 and the amount of uh, information we've got and the way we've looked at it at this uh, stage we can tell we can say that uh, writing has uh, started uh, 10,000 years ago or or first city in Jericho was uh, like you know like there's been loads 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 of information there and then the way in Stonehenge we found artifacts from Germany from North Africa (laughs) in Stonehenge so people were coming all the way to Stonehenge from Germany back then back then in order to we don't know what do what a healing place or or a place to to die or or to meet other people or to exchange things so there was so much more communication between people there was so much mo- more movement of people there was so much more meaning into things really you were. Like this, yes, yeah, there's a bit more to it, uh, and the exchange of people, and the migration of people, all those kind of stuff, really. But as far as uh, research is concerned, we think uh, the humans have the, the way the humans have actually colonized the Earth. Uh, the last places on Earth to be colonized would be New Zealand, and it was uh, one thousand years ago. That's it, really. The Maoris, or oh. After the Maoris, have got another way of looking because there was a Morioris possibly before them. And they came in and they ate them a little away. There was like moas, there were giant eagles, there was like really some really strange creatures, like a megafauna a little bit, like like the giant thloss and a, and a saber tooth lion. Some of the first humans coming to North America, they had to contend with those animals, really like some really strange creatures, really. You know, monsters and all those kind of stuff. So it's a bit in that common, common, you know, whales, You know, like uh, I went went to the Natural History Museum uh, at the weekend and there's a model of a blue whale from 1938. So the model of the Blue well is with cardboard and plywood and all those kind of stuff is uh, 1938. So it's quite old. It's a good 80-year-old model. Mm. But the problem is they have never seen it uh, in water. <laughs> they didn't know how it looked and how streamlined it is. So actually, it's not really uh, modeled in a proper fashion, really. It's, mm. it's a little bit inaccurate. It's a little bit inaccurate in a way, really. So we, we are all a bit... Yeah, yeah. Um... The fact that there was a civilization beforehand and things like that, why not, really? And they might have been pretty evolved in a way, and we've lost all that. We saw in the Dark Ages here how Islam had taken over the whole had uh, started to uh, translate all the greek uh, philosophers the mathematics al- algebra algebra is uh, called algebra because it's a uh, muslim it's uh, an arabic word really <laughs> all the calculus all the different uh, uh, trigonometry all pythagore all those kind of stuff it's really from then and all the way they were designing all the caravanserais, how they were doing their mosaics how they were uh, d- d- i mean like the whole stuff really like stained glass all the rest all those kind of stuff and then we came along in uh, 1,000 years in the year 900 and the first crusade. I can't even exactly remember 980 or something like that and we want to take back uh, Jerusalem from the infidels and then we come across all that knowledge really who's been translated from uh, Greek into Arabic, really. And then uh, what do we do? We do a big, uh, massive revolution in architecture, and we go from uh, Roman to Gothic, architecture we bring light into our place of cult we bring uh, all the the, um, uh, buttresses all the loads. the walls much thinner massive windows you need to stain the glass how do you know about staining glass before that we've got no freaking clue we take the knowledge back from all the alchemists and all the uh, chemists and all the stuff that the uh, Arabs have d- had done because it, it was their golden age Of uh, they were in their uh, like it was in art and poetry and clothing and all the rest they were like pff, it was massive really and we were a bunch of millions really at the time in uh, Europe really and then we bring all that and then we it goes in a place of cult you go to uh, uh, Salisbury Cathedral, or you go to uh, uh, you go to uh, Lincoln Cathedral, or you go to Paris Notre Dame, all those kind of stuff. They are uh, uh, object of the age, and they are byproduct of translation from uh, from uh, Greek into Arabic.
0: Mm. So, Be, so we've already, that we're already doing or have already done what. Ancient civilizations did before. Yeah.
1: Us, of course. It's just it's just yeah. repeating. Yeah. History is just repeating, and we are none not the wiser. There's no there's not that much uh, uh, people who are actually very enlightened and who are very good at meeting all their needs and are very able to actually articulate the whole shenanigan and uh, have uh, much meaning really. Who was the Crusades? If it w- all the way Europe was put together, it was very feudal, there was little lords, and they were beating the shit of each other, just to get in the knickers of one girl and to give, a- to give him a few sons in order to be able for him to inherit the world, the patch of land. There, yeah, it was just like completely like, it was bonkers, really. And then all of a sudden, the clergy thinks that oh, we're going to try to unify all that. Let's uh, give them a bit of a higher purpose and send them to bloody uh, conquer and to and free the promised land and, uh, and the Jerusalem and uh, well, all the celestial Jerusalem and whatever, really. Who cares? And then they made them uh, do something, really. And they came back, changed, and all the whole stuff uh, evolved. And then you got, like, uh, all the light, you got all the... All of that after that, really. He takes uh, astronomical uh, instruments, astrolabs, all the counting of time, all those kind of stuff. Uh, in his uh, castle, uh, Henry, like, uh, uh, Louis Capet, he was doing, I'm not sure even what he was doing to keep the time, really. It was like, oh, well, it's daytime. Shit, let's get pissed again. Uh, and we've, we've not raped too many women lately. Let's go on a rampage. <laughs> Like it was like, wow, great, that's that's great, brilliant. So yeah, it's still the same. And there's no we're as with our technology, and we still have to contend with the whole stuff again, really, what is it we're going to do with it, and how a minority is doing quite a lot out of it, compared to a
0: a majority who's actually just minions, really. (laughs) That's kind of what I was (laughs) talking about, or... or, um, Inferring? Yeah, when I was first talking about our basic needs being, like, exceeded in a ridiculous fashion, it's almost... I feel like it is going to force us, like absolutely force us to focus on like what is fulfillment or what is, you know, we talk about the emotional needs and maybe there's other models out there that don't talk about emotional needs or whatever. I don't know. But- Cause
1: that's a way you're inclined to uh, Elliot. But some people, uh, when they start to think about it, they start to freak out. They are, they are, their pelvic floor start to vibrate and then they put their head in the sand and they start to sing la 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 because they don't want to hear it really. It's, so, it's too complicated for some people really and they don't...
0: Yeah, they, but that's because it is complicated. I was talking to my friend in Norway last yeah. night because I was supposed to go recently and then didn't yeah. and uh, and then I'm going actually to his wedding in, in August and he called me out of the blue and like anyone who talks to me at the moment they like ask me what I'm doing and then I just go in on what we've been talking about (laughs) and that's kind of why I love it so much because I think it's like the human givens and us talking about pain and things because our own shit our own lives are really so individual like too individual in some ways like my my you know I've got hernia I've got this and i've got yeah blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so, yeah that's so, it yeah, yeah. But, the story the story exactly. is different the, the, the context the, the content is is, is no it, the content the content yeah, yeah. Is different. So, uh, anyway the, the context the, is the same the story yeah, yeah. our lives are so unbelievably unique yeah but the human givens framework yeah is so rigid and so like it's so it's i was saying to him it's like i was trying to explain it and is, but it's, it's like Our lives, our uniqueness in how we've been able to play with these symphony of of emotional needs Uh is so unbelievably unique. There may never be another person who has that same thing on this planet, but we can put, we can place that on this framework. A- and it works really well uh-huh. and the reason why i like that is because Architech, because yeah. it's so chaotic like my like at, like life itself is so chaotic yeah. like in so many ways which is why there's so much uniqueness in each individual person's suffering good creativity yeah the order the amazing order of these 10 needs being so stable yeah. is like is amazing whereas when you read any self help book and i've read like basically every major one i've read yeah. them and more Uh, Or you read like an entrepreneur story because a lot of people I I I find most people gravitate to those because they're usually like rags to riches or you know having really hard time and then blah 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 and they've succeeded in whatever way and so those two or or people overcoming adversity with like cancer and things like that you you try to find meaning in those things and it's really difficult because you've got you've got a you've got you have got a framework there I believe like if you if you read those books and you use the the human giver framework, you can say, Oh, okay, then that's her confronting like her control issues or her competence issues and blah blah blah. Um but they don't ever talk. They don't no one knows, they don't realise that So ev so it's just the context and the content yeah. which is like which is really emotional. So yeah. it's really chaotic. So it becomes I don't why wouldn't people bury their head in the sand? Because it's yeah. like, well no one knows what's wrong with me. And like I said last time on uh, the that podcast. That's the main problem. Uh, yeah, but, yeah, I, but, nobody but knows like the, I said last uh, time, we don't give it's, a fuck, who, who, it's that still, nobody knows. It's that still, you don't know, and that's the main problem. People just don't know. People just don't... Hopefully, I would love for one person to listen to us chatting away and realise that it's like maybe if they start doing shit about their shit yeah. and owning all of it and just being like, well, every I deserve everything that I get... And that can be good or bad. I'm going to try make it more good than bad.
1: What do you make? Your,
0: what do you do? But it? people don't yeah. know that in yeah. general. People don't know that in general because there's such a wash of it's almost like chaotic, like emotion around mental and noise, health. A and and noise, a and
1: noise in the background. Because somebody must be there to help you to deal with it. Really, you got the right. You got rights. You got rights. I've got my rights. I know my rights. Yeah, well, yeah, great. Cool. Brilliant. Yeah, and? I hope that works out for you. That's it, that's it. How well is it working for you, actually? Pretty shit. So fulfill a few obligations, and then you'll get, uh, Hmm. the rights will not even need to be there, because they will happen as a de facto thing, really. So it's it's a heuristic way of looking at it, again. You make a shortcut, really. I've got rights. Yeah. Well, yeah. Hold on. Hold on. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Fulfill a few obligations as well. You got lots of obligations, and then once you fulfill the obligation, you can the rights. You don't don't really
0: matter. You don't really need the rights. You don't really need the rights. But it even gets even more complicated than that because it's like fulfill a few obligations. Then people people think that they need to fulfill certain obligations, but they they don't. And then they, like. People lie to themselves about what's important. Yeah, good. But it's not a problem. As long as you try. I guess so, yeah. As long as you, it's, an
1: exper- it's an experiment. Yeah. But the world day, really, yeah. Don't believe ev- what everything tells you. Try to do it yourself, really. And then come back to the world surf when you've hit your face on the floor a few times. After a while, you're a bit like, okay, yeah, great. Okay, I'll do it like that. Because it's been done before. That's the thing, really. When your dad says, don't do that, it's going to really hurt. It's like, ah, oh, fuck it. He's It's complete, complete moron. You're a moron. I need to do my own experiences. Ah, yeah, it was really painful. Yeah, No shit. I think somebody's done it before, and I think that the arrogance of of all of us, really, we're all a bit arrogant, but uh, there's there's that uh, background uh, archetypal stuff that is coming from just before the, it's antediluvian, it's from the, before, the long, antediluvian, yeah, prior to the flood, antediluvian, Antediluvian. Actually, it's not anti. It's ante Diluvian.
0: Prior to the Flood. So, it's long, long time ago. Whenever the Flood was. And what was that? I was focusing on the word and I forgot what you were saying.
1: That uh, all those patterns of behavior are and the way we go about doing it is been done before. Mm. Yes, by your dad, by your granddad, but by your great 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 grandparents as well.
0: Yeah. And it will be done by your great 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 grandson. And it's also been fucked up by your great 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 grandmother or granddad yeah. or great 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 uncle yeah, yeah. as well. Like yeah. everyone's, yeah. everyone's done it. It's all the same. Uh-huh. They fucked it up. Some of them might have, you know, figured it out better than others. Yeah, Yeah. But everyone fucked it up, and then got better, and then yeah. fucked up again, and then got a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. But there's lots of scripture where it looks like some
1: people have uh, figured it out, not too too badly, and they 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 had a framework that was working quite well, really. Yeah, but we and if we see don't have that. the framework that doesn't work quite well. You can be innocent. Let's be innocent. I mean, like, let's be minions, and then just focus on really the bare necessity. And as soon as it gets complicated, let's bury our head. And then it works quite well, really. Oh well, I'm oppressed, but it's normal, cause I'm not very good, and I don't really understand things very well, and I'm not very intelligent, and I'm I'm not very much. Uh, yeah,
0: well, yeah. And then yeah, it's normal. I'm a bit like that. Like, um, <laughs> yeah, I was um, as I was leaving work today. There's like a, a new lady or newish lady, she's been there for a couple of months, i like, got really well with, she's the one whose friend went to America to that um, oh, yeah, yeah. chronic illness. Yeah. And she was like, she was like, I hope the doctors and stuff goes well tomorrow and I hope they've sort it out or whatever. And she was like, it's so annoying because you look after yourself quite well. And I was like, well, no, not really. And she was like, what do you do? And I was like, no, not really. And I was like, <laughs> no one really, like, I basically don't know anyone who looks after themselves well. Uh-huh. It's like, yeah. everyone has some shit something yeah. <laughs> some, <Yeah>. some 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 <laughs> comfort some emotional crutch that they're holding on to yeah. that's that's allowing them to be a little bit more free I guess mm-hmm. and stress or is who act. makes them
1: who makes them feel or
0: they make them think that they're actually a bit more free but actually they are not yeah but that's why it's stopping an emotional yeah. crutch that's stopping them from being a bit yeah. more free oh yeah yeah or stop yeah. them yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah so it's like the whole like free I will and mm-hmm. Hinder the world a lot a bit.
1: Yeah. No, no. It's just that the beauty of it, really. is archetypal. It's been done before. Let's not beat our... Uh, uh, you know, let's... It's all fine. It's just like... I think it's just to... How is it? We can pass on the whole knowledge for the next 300 generations. Like the Eliacal Rising of Sotis, some people were there and they were passing on that knowledge from one generation to the next and the meaning of it and the value of knowing the whole lot and uh, o- the skill to actually observe the whole thing in order to pass it on to somebody else, uh, the next generation, and to carry on the whole lot and for it not to be distorted and to stay true to itself. It, that's, that's the whole stuff, so it's possible, really. <laughs> information has been passed on orally uh, by, for uh, three let's we say 300 generation but yeah on in that uh, instance
0: before the whole stuff is written in stone really that's it yeah and i think that's quite an interesting part about like social media because there's potential for us to really use it well yeah like we could really and and people are yeah. people are you know being inspirational and all that stuff, yeah. but I think there's a little bit of a lack of direction in some places. Yeah. What is the
1: meaning, yeah. and what you know? And I think once you've um, your uh, your mission is to try to meet your needs in a bit of a better fashion. Uh, that's already maybe a bit of a lifetime or lifelong process. Yeah, and and is it giving you that much meaning really? Because there's still the meaning in your life to actually find, really. But uh, you're not going to be able to think it straight and have the headspace until those needs are a bit met in a balanced fashion in order to really find the true meaning of your life, not somebody else's meaning. Mm.
0: Oh, well, yeah, or, 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 or what you think someone else oh, thinks oh, well,
1: yeah, your even, meaning. Oh, yes. oh well, that's even more, yeah. That's but more.
0: That's, that's what people, that's what I get caught up on all the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, like, it's impossible for me to go a day without thinking about doing something because of what other, in right. a certain way, because of what other people think about me. Yeah. And I know that's meaning on a very, very micro, micro scale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, We're talking about macro yeah. a little bit more, but it's like those little micro things. Yeah. Can, you can get lost in 10 of those. And then all yeah. of a sudden your got your macro goal for the day is He's gone. gone. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. It's very interesting. And if those guys, girls, kids, whatever else, maybe animals—I don't know—or yeah. whatever, gods wrote that there was like a twelve hundred-year cycle yeah. for future generations. Yeah. It's like now most people are like, or like I certainly was when I when I, when I first started trying to figure myself out a little bit more. It was like, oh, I'm going to be done in like. Two months' time, and I'm gonna get that girl back. And then two months went by, and I was like, Well, I think I'm in even worse place than I was two months <laughs> ago. And then 18 months later, blah, blah, blah. It's like we wanna sort of figure ourselves out so we can go be a rock star, or go start that business, or go get that girl, or go get that guy, or whatever now. But it's like if you can figure out how to relieve that, like release that pressure from yourself, and just be like, Right, maybe I can find meaning in my life, and my life mission could just be to try and find some meaning and get my emotional needs met in a balanced fashion, now that now that there's a bit more of a better framework, like whether it's the human givens or another framework or whatever, mm. I then potentially have kids because it is quite a natural thing for us. Obviously, it's a very mm. natural thing for yeah. us to do. Some might say the most and um, potentially try and pass down yeah. that information. So we don't have that to have learning. kids
1: to pass at no not talk you talk to people you talk to new people you can educate you can become you can
0: have a following you can people listen to you and there's that old idea of children being raised by a village not by a like their parents you know oh yeah yeah. children are raised by a community or should be
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah oh yeah yeah well let's not talk about parenting tonight otherwise I'm gonna the whole thing is going to start to take a very (laughs) different thing. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to take a very different turn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, the main problem with uh, that is you need to be able to put your need second if you're a parent. And the main problem is, as parents, if you haven't met all your needs in a balanced fashion and you're not very good at meeting your needs in a very balanced fashion, in light of a changing environment, well, you end up putting your needs first, and therefore your kid has to put his needs second. And therefore your kid is becoming the parent, and the parent is becoming the kid. And that's a very big problem. And it's uh, something I struggle an awful lot about. uh trying to give attention to my kids.
0: How do you keep yourself in check with things like that? So but Because you've... you got a framework. You got a framework. A framework. What is your framework? The human given. Yeah, but How do you check? How do you like recalibrate yourself? Oh, with don't you really?
1: Kids are very good at uh, telling you. Daddy, well, about... Daddy, you're on your phone again. That's uh, pretty much uh, when you're in check. Yeah, but you yeah. could
0: you could very easily be because, like, yeah yeah, but it's business. I need to be on the phone.
1: Yeah, that's it. You can say that. Yeah, if you want. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but because you think that your business is more important than the wallet, but actually at that particular time you got another time to actually do the wallet, and then you do it a couple of times, and then you realize, and then your kids oh my kids are not paying attention to me now. Oh, yeah. How dare they choose when to uh, pay me attention? Exactly. And then, so you're in check all the time. The kids are very good at actually mirroring the whole lot, really. Mm. And then if you're a little bit astute with the whole uh, way, all of a sudden, you get rid of the technology and then you really try to be with them really a little bit really for the way it's attention a little bit really and after you they they ask you questions they do bits and bobs a bit and then they come and sit on your lap when you're in the toilet all those kind of stuff so like trying to get on your own in the toilet is not an option anyways you can get rid of the door actually you can put the bug in the middle of the lounge it's as good as as is when when you got kids really because they Take completely your privacy. And if it's one way of getting your privacy, you, you, you're buggered, really. So they are really good at uh, doing
0: the whole lot, really. At, but surely there, there must be a, like something that you do or are planning to do. Because uh, uh, there's my wife as well. So there's two of
1: us already who already do it a bit differently. And hopefully we've got different needs that we need to meet. A little bit in a different fashion, and we've got a different creativity about doing it, and we've got uh, two kids, and therefore the kids have got are at different stage in their uh, emotional and, and intellectual evolution, and the whole thing bounces a bit like that and then that kept in, that's kept in check a little and if you go an overarching uh, framework it's quite an interesting thing really Cause, and the more you do it the better you are at doing it because mm. it's like flexing muscles it's like going to gym really yeah. it's like you talk about functional patterns and and uh, extending your neck to do deadlifts uh, yeah great well you need to train and you need to do it really in a way you can you need to do
0: that with children it's really good it's like getting as Ivan Tara talks about um, getting that those templates. So, like getting a new template, you need to keep keep practicing it so that it, yeah, a, it is a template.
1: In order to uh, be good at doing it, really.
0: Yeah.
1: And uh, practice makes perfect, we you know. And rehearsing the whole lot, and uh, you cannot change the template to a new one until your dopamine level is quite uh, it's focusing itself on the new template, mm. and you 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 decrease the amount of dopamine you put to on the old template, and then that's, that's it, really. Uh, but it's so simple it is actually pretty simple it is actually pretty simple and the whole framework is actually uh, helping you to actually go about it in a a bit more uh, easy fashion Uh, it's not to say that it's uh, easy to achieve but uh, once you've uh, cracked uh, quite a lot of the whole lot I think it's and you make a gymnastic of it I think it's pretty interesting really Mm. But if you start at 15, you don't have too many templates. And therefore, you, you're quite good at doing the templates, really. When you're 70 and you have to change the templates, I can tell you there's far too much history about doing the whole lot, really. And when you do it at 40, well, you're a bit halfway between, really, in a way, really. So... Because the younger you are, the more easy it is to apply the temp, to shift template and and see a little bit really. If you take into account others before you who uh, uh, fucked up by doing the thing really. Oh, uh, your granddad was an alcoholic and uh, he ended up uh, uh, dead in a bloody gutter. Okay, great. Well, we can all carry on drinking really. We or at least we know what granddad how, how it ended up with granddad really. <laughs> that, that's a bit the worst stuff, really. But we tend to. And then we carry on.
0: that saying, really. How much do. Um, so, if there's like. You talk at times about like autonomic, um, uh, like autoimmune, mm-hmm. um, uh, like response to something. Yeah. And so, I, I've had. I I had asthma asthma when I was young and I'm guessing I still have it now because I still get short of breath and blah, blah, blah. And just so happens that if I sit down and do some big breathing and try and sort of get myself in a different state, all of a sudden my breath gets really quite good. And I first noticed how bad it was when I first started running again for the marathon because I quit smoking and I was like, my breath is way worse. And I don't know if you remember me talking to you, but I was eating a lot of peanuts at that time yeah. and I was like, peanuts are really high in histamine. Yeah. So I like, well, I should stop eating them. I didn't realize yeah. that they were high in histamine. Yeah. And you're like, "Histamine's good. Like, it's a good thing to have in small amounts yeah. in, in nuts. So don't go eating loads, yeah. but it's probably down to the arousal, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. But it's like, my dad had asthma and he was very much like from, an, from when I was really young and I wasn't diagnosed with it and the doctors wouldn't diagnose me with it. Yeah. It was like, he definitely has asthma. I know he does. Yeah. How much, I don't know if asthma has a link genetically, but I'm, I'm guessing like officially or uh, yeah. of science, but I'm guessing it probably does mm-hmm. have eight something. Yep. It's like, how much To like, how do I word this? How much, like what's the link between expectations and auto some autoimmune or maybe all autoimmune diseases? Because it's like it seems like we rehearse a template, whether that template is essentially rehearsing or getting stressed about something. Mm-hmm. And maybe that stress whether is, it's actually leading us to be freer or uh, healthier
1: or or better or however we want to put it, mm-hmm. the outcome of that template ma you think that it might have worked at one stage, but now it doesn't. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, and then you it, get an yeah. autoimmune response, almost yeah. like But now- we talked about the cortisol and the DHEA, and we talked about the fact that uh, the, long, the longer you sustain a low level of stress or a high level of stress, the longer in time you sustain it, the, your adrenal start to get fatigued. And it it tends to diminish its level of cortisol and DHEA and uh, which leads to your immune system not being in check at all and going completely ape, I've got uh uh eczema and uh and uh, allergies and it's a bit to do with that. Really.
0: And uh you you have eczema and I, I don't really get it but I get like well asthma, yeah. yeah same thing. And <laughs> same thing. And, and I get like on the nose yeah, and blah yeah. blah blah. So It gets to a certain point where it's going to be really hard to get rid of those things, right? Or or maybe impossible with, like, for me. Yeah. But I might be able to get it to a really controllable level and potentially, would it then mitigate some of, like, it being passed on to my kids, if I had any?
1: Uh, So after your kids inherit your genetics for 50% and they inherited your behavior. For fifty percent, and so it, and that is the same for stuff like asthma. So if they inherit your management skill of your uh, asthma, they might inherit the genetic con- distri- the genetic contribution of asthma, but they will inherit how to actually mitigate it uh, better for uh, sooner. Therefore, uh, it's maybe a bit better, really. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so, it's so it's a bit more. less expressed, really, maybe really. So I don't know. A lot of people say they've got asthma, but they just don't breathe. That's the whole thing, really.
0: Yeah, they and don't breathe out very well, really. So yeah, it's that's exactly the same with IBS. I've heard yeah. loads of people say recently. My mum had it. My, my yeah, dad yeah. had it, and I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah. and I, I, I do now stop myself from going in and being like, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's yeah, it's very interesting. The, the
1: genetic determinism is a very uh, easy way of doing. It. He has nothing to do with me. It's because my mum had it, I've got it. Hmm.
0: Nothing to do with me. It's not my responsibility and it's not my fault. And then the end the, saying that could actually be part of the learned behavior of their parent also saying it was nothing to do with me it was my parent
1: as I said that's it, that's yeah. Yeah, yeah,
0: and the uh, people around them
1: and all the rest and things really take responsibility it's your shitting asthma and it's you need to deal with it really and uh, yeah, you've been uh, dealt a uh, uh, hand. That is the way it is, <laughs> and there's no way you can change that. Really, uh, what you're gonna do and how you're gonna play your hand is very different. Mm. That's uh, that's what you can actually you change. You have some really. control, over and that. You, you can really start to learn how to play your hand a bit better and those kind of stuff. Really, and take responsibility. Yes, your mum gave you bloody diabetes. Really, but uh, she you, also gave you life. <laughs> Yeah, one. That's it. That's it. That's it. And she gave you diabetes. And the thing is, she, you saw her use sugar as an emotional crutch as well. Mm. Maybe, uh, to solve her problem, really. So you saw the whole behavior happen and you saw that was a great way to actually deal with your emotional arousal by actually getting sugar. That's it, really. That's why you've inherited. And if you can get rid of that already, it's pretty good. And if you can pass that on to your kids, it's pretty good. And they don't have to actually battle with that too too much. They can focus on something else, really. Hmm. That's the stuff. Yeah, they can find something else to... That's it, that's it. So that whole epigenetic uh, aspect of it and the whole Darwinian uh, evolution and the whole uh, thing, because, uh, yeah, I think it's uh, all of that really... Wow, it's uh, mental, really. But we all as individual bury our head in the sand is too problematic and sometimes you can't see the tree from the forest really and you need somebody else to actually in, uh, interject and uh, help you along the way to yeah. actually highlight uh, different things really. You can't do it yourself on your own really. You need to be able to do it with other people who've got your best interest in mind really.
0: Not their best interest in mind the main problem again really. So yeah that's uh that's another thing that's going around at the moment just like within the inspirational like entrepreneur sp- social media space of like getting rid of the like of like getting rid of friends that are holding you back and blah 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 and i think that's quite it's quite an interesting thing to talk about because a lot of people aren't talking about it in like a rational fashion when mm-hmm. you're talking about being around people, surrounding yourself by people who do have your best interests at heart. Like Jordan Peterson says, have people around you that you can tell good news to that don't then come back to you with their better, their better thing. Oh yeah, I've done that and blah, blah, blah. It's like also have people around you that you can tell bad news to. It's like when that's when you, those two things, those, both of those things, that's when you really know, because when, whether someone's got your best interest at heart because yep. it's like telling someone bad news is is quite easy like you know member of family died like my uncle died like yep. a while back and you know if I'd said that to basically it like you're going to be a full time dick just to, to be like oh yeah I I had that too and you know I got over it or whatever yeah. but then to tell them good news and for them to be like not just like oh why are you doing that or why you know why would you want to do that or blah 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 it's like it's when I've kind of noticed it's like, oh, right, okay, cool, that's fine. But that wasn't a supportive response, this uh, is going to be a difficult journey for me. Mm-hmm. But at times, uh,
1: people don't have to be supportive, really. They don't have to uh, brush in the right uh, thing and to be like, come on, you sulking about your uncle and his death and then you're milking it a little bit and things like that. Somebody telling you a bit your truth is maybe as well quite useful
0: and you don't maybe want to have people like,
1: oh, poor you, I understand. And yeah, saying, but, yeah, but that's, I mean, that's,
0: really, that's part of it. To, that's yeah, that's yeah, like yeah. the micro of it. That's yeah, part yeah. of it because that's you then knowing yourself and and... And um, what responses are are beneficial? Are, what what does a positive response look like? Like you, to be able to understand whether those people that you're hanging around are good for you. You need to know what's positive and what's negative, and that's yeah. down, that's down to you, and that's ultimately down to your shit again. Because it's like some people get comfort from someone really being yeah. like, "Oh, really sorry." Ah, blah, a on it, and and that's you know that's down to the person, I guess, but. Yeah, it's also (laughs) my um my yeah my brother has a saying, or he I think he spoke to someone down a pub like when he was younger, and this this guy, this guy they were were talking about um they're talking about voting when it was just before the Conservative and Lib Dem coalition, Uh and obviously every time we have a vote it's the same. Shit, isn't it? And half yep. people think whatever and blah blah blah. And most everyone's acting on feelings, and no one really knows what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. And this guy who just—he <laughs> lives like on a forestry in a village nearby, doesn't have a care in the world. But like, made this massive house for himself. Just cuts wood, delivers it. Has a really nice life. And all these people talking about politics, and he just turns around mm-hmm. at the bar and just goes, ah. It's all a load of bollocks, though, isn't it? Yeah, (laughs) and that's that's a saying that my brother, my brother, really likes, and I think it's one of my favourite sayings to do with anything. Yeah. So, let's. uh, What is
1: important, and people who put their needs first in politics, and pretend to put the needs of others. First, how do they prove themselves how how genuine they are, how able they are to actually fulfill that? how cunning they are about going about doing it, or how a bit coerced they are into doing it for their own status something like that? How do you know that um, how do you know uh, that Boris Johnson is a genuine guy? And what is he got to say about all those things? Well by, by because we don't know we don't know too much who he is. We you haven't got the ability to speak to him on your own really. Yeah but you have to get a flavour, you have to get a taste of what this person's Yeah, but a taste of what this person uh uh says or what he does and has he done anything, uh, Boris? So, I mean really it's about what you do It's your actions really.
0: Yeah, it is and people do judge it judge people too much on what they say yeah. which is which is just hilarious because no one can be judged by what they say really because very few people are 100% accountable to what they say yeah, it, but when you're in a position of you know running a country and right. you're supposed to be inspiring some people and that's it that's it so like you, you do... Who's voting for those people? Who's voting for,
1: those people? To, you Who's for vote. those people? Is it because we voted for the Conservatives to be in power that uh, they have to be voted in, in, among themselves to be able to have a new
0: Prime Minister? No, that's not what we're voting for, is it? We don't vote for... Well, no, you well, vote... we do vote for a party, do we? Is that it? Yeah. yeah. You don't vote for a person, you vote yeah. for a party. But that's stupid within itself because everyone, you know, if, if by that by that standard of voting for a party every Conservative MP should have gone forward with Theresa May's deal with the EU because it's like because you assume that they're all of the same ilk or flavour or that's it, that's it. follow the same whatever but they're not but they're not exactly so, so it's all are so 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 bollocks really. so we
1: so well yeah so that's it really were the politician having to actually make a judgment, a personal judgment, or was they making a judgment for the whole party, really? Jeremy talks a lot about that, really. Well, Mr. Cohen. it. Jeremy talks a lot about that, the, the policy of the party, and then your individual view of it, really. You vote, the what the party wants you to vote for, and you have to follow the whole lot or whip you into place, really. Or, in this case, that's what the policy of the party is, but you got free reign to actually express your view on the whole lot, really. Hmm. Where does that start? Oh, anyway. I think it's just... It politics. I don't think that's super interesting, anyway. But... Because but, it disgraced a bit... It's to the model needs to be applied by far more people who actually end up voting for somebody who's having the same way of thinking and I guess Boris is not going to have the uh, humanist, very humanistic and very articulated way of looking at the world lot and in his way of speaking he's not really he's just there to you're just there to manipulate people to get more people to vote for you in order to be able to uh, impose on the majority on the rest of the people the, your view basically so it's completely war really that's the main thing really So rather than uh, starting it from the from scratch, really, you could become uh, the next prime minister and you use the social media, you use the discussion you have with people to be voted in in the local elections and uh, all the people, and you've got a bit of a cult following about people because they like what you're saying, what you stand for, and then uh, you apply what you're standing for and then they apply what you're standing for and everybody is going about it uh, doing the world not really. That the, that becomes quite an interesting thing compared to here, we're catching a train that is already going in one direction, really, yeah. in a way, really. <laughs> and people who have actually voted Labour, why would they be interested in uh, seeing? What's happening with Jeremy or or with uh, with Boris or any of the Saudi, Said or Sadiq or whatever? Uh, who they are doing, really? This is just conservative politics. It's just not their way, really. It's not until the next general election. What do they do now to prepare the next general election
0: to try to convince more people to uh, vote Labour, really? It's so painfully group-labeled, so painfully, like, polarised. Yeah, and it's so painfully not relevant to
1: individuals, really, and, and to other people. And, no, not to other people, to, uh, to a group and to a country, Because that's the main thing, really. It's a universal stuff, really. Everybody wants their needs met. That's the beauty of the archetypal way of doing it. And we've got different ways of meeting them, really. The set of laws we have in the country, all those kind of stuff and things. The way it's done, the historical way. We need to be a great country again. Oh, wow
0: like when again? we again like when we were doing triangular commerce for sugar yeah and selling slaves yeah <laughs> for well, we, sugar we went everywhere and took their resources That's that it
1: yeah. yeah brilliant that's going to be good yeah we're
0: that's done. what I was thinking about the other day like when, when what, hang on. exactly when were we great before
1: that's it that's it that's it we've never been great really we've always been a bunch of thieving bastards really yeah <laughs> Whether we are French or British or everything, really. That's the main problem, really. But we've done some good things as well. That's of course. Same, really. Of course. It can't all be bad. The, Brits, the Brits have uh, actually made the abolition of slavery possible. Yeah. And the Netherlands was the last one to sign the whole thing, really. So, yeah, I guess, you know, we can't really... That's where progress uh, comes about a bit. And that's what the interesting thing is, really. We need to be quite optimistic, quite pos- positive, and we need to look at what's good about the situation we're in and how we can change it and how we can implement the stuff to and put the things in place to actually change it, really. And it's the same for an individual person, really. How is it you motivate yourself to do the change and to go from that template to the next one? Who's going to meet your um, help you meet your needs more easily? Because uh, this template is obviously not... <laughs> Yeah, would but ma- see, maybe how you, does just, it work,
0: really? you just figure out how to... Uh, I don't think any party is going to help you meet your needs more easily. Well, ov- obviously, within reason, but from what we have... In oh, your but if
1: the state is there to actually take over uh, your way of doing and they're telling you what to do, yeah, it's going to be... It's, it's going to
0: affect you, but uh, uh, the state would have to do something pretty dramatic for you, for the majority of people not to meet their needs. Like people people can figure out a way to meet
1: their own needs. Well, I don't know. The state of health of people in the UK is maybe a way of showing that the state has taken over from people their ability to maybe and they incentivize them maybe indirectly on how to actually meet their needs, no? Why would there be so much depression and anxiety and an eating disorder. We've taken a flip
0: on the argument of last week, where I was saying yeah. I don't think the state does enough to, I guess, if you like, dare I use the term, enlighten people into the fact that they are in control, like they, they can be in control of getting their emotional needs met in a balanced fashion. Yeah. And and so, so you were like you were like, no, it's people's own shit. Yeah. Uh, and but we've kind of taken a flip, but we haven't. In that, I don't think the government does enough. To enlighten people into that it's it's their issue well, and not- it's their shit and they they can sort it and here are some resources on how maybe how to but mm-hmm. w- like we don't have all the answers no panacea mm-hmm. and all that but what you're saying now is that they can do stuff to uh to oppress Response. to oppress someone's ability to get their needs met in a balanced fashion with some of the decisions they make yeah of course yeah. like what
1: well I don't know to. Um uh, um, look at the health uh, care system and uh, I don't know you've got uh, you're a 12 stone overweight and you've got a bad hip and we give you your new hip really and maybe the fact that you were 12 stone overweight was actually maybe one, of, one of the one of the things you could have mitigated the most easily in order to avoid uh, maybe damaging the new hip you're going to mm. have.
0: Yeah, you're gonna, you might way. just fall straight back into the exact same issue and damage the new hip. That's it, that's it. Uh,
1: George Best, we talk about that. George Best syndrome a little bit, really. What's George, George Best footballer, yeah. yeah. the footballer, yeah. He had a liver. He was drinking and philandering quite a fair bit. And he had uh, the opportunity to have a new liver and he carried on being an alcoholic. Because he buggered his uh, new liver again. So he had a second chance to do the whole lot, but he was not very incentivized to actually uh, change his behavior prior to uh, something being done to him, which would have actually uh, enabled him to
0: lengthen his life, really. But that that's, I think... I a mean, so how do we go people, about, really? People not knowing, like people aren't conscious of the fact that that drinking too much is going to fuck your liver up. That's not a very good example. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But so, <laughs> so recently, this is something that's happened recently, which I wanted to talk to you about. Nike have started using Plus Model mannequins. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen this. And there's been obviously loads of people saying that's really positive. And then I think uh, the Telegraph, which is not a paper that I particularly like, but they wrote an article saying that it's completely ridiculous. That they've, that they've done this and they're yeah. normalizing a woman of that size yeah. who is more than likely, yeah. like the statistics suggest that she's pre... If not diabetic, she's pre-diabetic, yeah. Yeah. which is not a good thing. There's a yeah. drain on the NHS, which, yeah. I, which I completely agree with. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not saying that likely, But I think it's irresponsible of them to, to... I think it might be irresponsible of them doing that. I don't know.
1: If uh, the population on a bell curve and everybody in the middle is excised... Well uh, maybe is they're actually putting forward a model that represents the majority of people?
0: Yeah but, it's, or, but or are but they then, putting
1: in in place somebody who's actually representing only a minority of people? <coughs> and because the minority wants to be so much have the attention and is so badly politically correct to actually do the whole lot that uh, yeah, it becomes a
0: problem really. Mm. But Nike what do they want? Sales. Yeah. And and they've done it for that reason, because yeah. it's caused a lot of uh, talk, talk and, that's it, that's and it. some people put, like mainly socially left people being really positive about it and mm-hmm. then people on the right sadly also yeah. b- bit like being negative about yeah. it yeah. and sadly those people on the left I think are a little bit warped in their way of thinking about yeah. it the people on the right are definitely warped in their way of thinking about it okay. but normalising it like putting something on there which I guess represents how the clothes fit on an ex uh, on a plus size model, yeah. even though it's sportswear yeah. is, is just, I just don't really know what to think of it because I don't think I, I follow a lot of people that are very positive about no diets, which I agree with as in for, like, you know, obsessing about diets and diet pills, for example, yeah. which I completely agree with, yeah. but then not talking about the dangers of being that overweight, not just for yourself. It's like, yeah. it's, like we've spoken about loads of times, like how are your decisions affecting your life and those around you? So it's like if you're pre-diabetic and then you're diabetic and then maybe it gets worse and Uh you become massively obese, then you're probably going to, it's going to affect your family around you. Uh And let's hope that you don't have kids because it's 100% going to, they're going to be born into a world with a shitload of your baggage that you couldn't figure out. And I'm not saying that Nike having a plus size model (laughs) Mm -hmm. is going to, like increase that or exacerbate that? I just don't think it's, I don't think it's, it's not definitely not solving a problem, yeah. and it's definitely not talk. It's not talking about it. It just polarizes uh, people mm. to talk about the whole
1: lot for Nike to make more sales. Yeah, because they talks. They got more air wave uh, times. They got more uh, stuff, They got more uh, bits and bobs. Really, is it good that uh, overweight people do a bit of sports? Yeah, maybe it's good. Yeah, well. A little bit, is, it, is it good to portray uh, a minority of people on uh, billboards of uh, things? Maybe it is. Let's focus just on the positive of it, really. It's, yeah, I'm pretty sure there's lots of negative, really. But it could be quite an interesting thing, really. And a lot of uh, kids born in uh, families where the parents are overweight are not really overweight. Some are, some aren't. Because the kids are going to come out of the whole stuff one way or another. They'll have to make their decision, really. Mm. Because some uh, uh, kids coming from very not overweight uh, families are going to be very overweight. (laughs) So the baggage the people who are not overweight is going to put on their kids is maybe going to lead them to be overweight. That's the thing, really. That there's no it, that doesn't. Oh, uh, we
0: can't we can't think about it, like that. Yeah. So the, the correlation like of someone that. being overweight and then that baggage being passed on, being the fact that they get overweight. Yeah. It's like it could be anything. It could be anything. They, they could have another emotional crutch. Exactly. And then I see exactly. Yeah, you're hundred percent right. And then uh,
1: people uh, born in a family which are uh, really super fit and all the rest and things and things might actually be very overweight as well. The kids mm. might be very overweight. Whatever, maybe because they, whilst the people who were exercising so much they were not paying too much attention to their kids. Really. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, really. there's, 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 uh, yeah, we, yeah. Can't, we can't really argue about the whole lot, really. Uh, Nike does it for not to... to spa- Do they want to spark a debate about the world Do they mm. want to polarize people? Yeah, potentially, because they want to make more sales, really. Mm. And uh, they want to tap into the market of people who are uh, that size, which is great. Because they can sell uh, exercising uh, wear to those kind of things. There's a billboard about uh, vaping. Click and vape. Uh, those kind of stuff. It's as simple as that, really. So, oh, yeah, because vaping is very good. Yeah, well, is it? Well, I'm not too sure. How long has it been around? <laughs> how
0: long did it take for tobacco to become really a bad thing, really? Mm. And then, scientifically, and then how long was it? did it take to be in the public... I oh, yeah. to be a it's bad different. thing, and then still how how yeah. how many people smoke that's it, that's it, that's it. And then with the vaping thing, maybe you're vaping a little bit more than you would have smoked. That's it. That's it. Yeah. And
1: maybe you got more likely to have an autoimmune disease because of the mycelium from the glycerin in the whole lot are mimicking a bit cells and they go really much deeper into your lung and they are in very close contact with your immune system and maybe you got more likely to have auto-im- lung autoimmune disease really than actually cancer. what's based <coughs> to be it done it in moderate fashion. Not but either. It, it's not. It's not made to make you do it in a moderate fashion because it's made for you to consume and uh, to make some person a profit. Mm -hmm. Always. Full stop.
0: Yeah.
1: So that's it, really. I think it's quite clear-cut. You see the world lot. Cars. Yeah, cars. Cars kill people. There's quite a lot of people dying on the road. That's it, really. (laughs) Do we advertise cars still? Hmm. that's why I was Mm -hmm. was thinking yeah of course we need to advertise car because it's employing lots of people it's a lot of progress there's lots of electric uh, modifications there's a lot of big debates there's a going from A to B there's a way of all the rest and things but it's a lot about privacy it's a lot about control it's a lot about security well actually it's maybe not the case it could be a communal type stuff a different way of looking at electric cars and not owning the car and just buying Buying uh, the use of the car it's like a micro leasing so you go from A to B all this kind of stuff and then you take another car to go back home and the next morning you go and park it and somebody gets back in and, and it's not really your car you don't really own a car mm-hmm. you just pay for the travel you do from A to B rather than uh, travelling from A to B and then uh, your car is being is paying and you pay for your car for it being sat for 8 hours in a whole thing really but he creates lots of jobs. And lots of industry, exports, design, all the rest and thing. All the ambulances are needed. You need to build ambulances as well to go and pick up people who've been mushed in accidents. All the rest and thing. You need plenty of all the rest. It's so intricate, really. It's brilliant. It's awesome. It's fantastic. That's the main thing. Is it's mind-boggling. How great the whole stuff is. Until people start to uh, be a bit freer and I, st- I think as they start to look at the wallet and be like, whoa, 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 am I doing that for the right reason for myself? How much meaning does it bring me? That's what I was
0: asking Woo-hoo! you. Uh, how
1: That's, that's going to be a bit tricky. That's how... going to be a bit tricky. What, when people start doing that? Ah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah going yeah. a bit tricky because all of a sudden it's going to be a bit like, no, no, I don't want my hip replaced that's it really I'm going to really lose my uh, 10 stone and uh, see a little bit how it pans out and I'm going to really look at uh, working on the pain and all those kind of stuff and things like that really yeah so Mm -hmm. it could be a great benefit for the NHS as well it's a great great benefit for the individual great benefit for everybody else Mm -hmm. that's it really and not only is he going to get rid of the pain in his hip he's going to get rid of his uh, uh, type 2 diabetes he's going to get rid of quite a lot of stuff it's comorbidity factor maybe it's going to live a bit longer really you might be able to slay slay a few dragons at once slay a few dragons get up in the morning slay dragons that's what we do really and uh,
0: Nike yeah great I think it's just well I like what you said about it because it's so easy like as much as I like to think I'm aware of my susceptibility of being polarized, it's like that, that situation polarized me, not on the left or the right side, just on my own, my own yeah. side. And I'm sure if I wanted to, I could find a little online group that thought the same way as me. That's it, that's it. But just, you know, you saying, well, I just think we should focus on the positives. There are yeah. positives in there, let's focus on those and yeah. maybe not spend too much time thinking about the negatives. Negative,
1: that's it, full stop. And then he cut the crap a bit is great Uh, large people being uh, exercising is great and large people uh, the proportion of large people is maybe a bit greater and uh, that's the proportion the Nike cannot tap into to sell their uh, thing so there's more children who can do in sweatshops in India to do the whole lot and things like that really is great as well without being too sarcastic Mm -hmm. I was looking at uh, something about a bottle and plastic being recycled in India and uh, making lots of fiber for uh, shoe making for uh, a sportswear mm-hmm. all those kind of stuff so this, uh, I think the sportswear is leading a very interesting uh, trend of actually using
0: recycled uh, polymers mm-hmm.
1: in order to be able to do uh, a clothing and uh, shoe wear and things like that
0: There's, um, the ocean cleanup project has started do you know about that? it's like a 16 year old kid from Holland came up with an idea of a cheap feasible way to pick up get a load of plastic from the sea it's essentially just loads of long like oblong um, inflatable plastic things in a massive 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 line and it just floats by itself around the ocean for a while and just uses the currents and picks up a load of plastic in Mm -hmm. it that started he came up with the idea when he was 16 I think he's like 23 or 24 now and then there's like Yeah, there's There's so many cool innovations within within little things. It's like we talk about sorting our own life out, and then sorting maybe a part like helping your partner or or your family or your community. And then once you've got that really good, then then you can maybe do something bigger. And I love the idea of someone doing something big but still niche. It's like this guy just wants to clean up the plastic, and he's he's you know, clearly a very forward, like progressive thinker, and very yeah, yeah. he's an engineer, so he's very logical and yeah, yeah. comes up with feasible ideas and it's like economically viable. But they're like, What else? You must have other ideas and stuff. He's like, Yeah, I do. And he was like, Well, you should maybe you should do something else, like Elon Musk, like all these things. He's like, Yeah, I'm just taking my time. It's like he's he's got probably the financial backing and all these other things that he needs to oh, do yeah. loads of different things but he's just like I'm just going to do this one thing mm-hmm. I'm going to do it really well mm-hmm. and if that one thing starts off being your bedroom mm-hmm. and then the next thing starts off being your maybe your job your, that you don't particularly like but you're exactly. going to give it everything mm-hmm. so then build it up build it up and then that's maybe it, you a take or more exactly love that. I love that idea so much
1: that's a, that it's a one little step at a time and focusing on the positive positive. There's loads of positive. Humans are not a scourge on the surface of the earth. Say that again. Humans are not a scourge. Scourge? Yeah. They are not
0: like a disease. Like a cancer. Yeah. Mm. On, a surfe- on the surface of the earth. It can definitely seem that way sometimes
1: or you might have been warped in a way of thinking that it's uh, that way so it can seem it can seem that way because there's so much positive and so much people are actually trying to mitigate the effect of what we do really and the recycling of it and it creates jobs and all the rest really That's, that's progress and progress is really positive as long as we let it uh, progress and, yeah. we don't, and we
0: don't uh, uh, stifle it back too much. Yeah. And progress isn't a straight okay. line. It's not always going to be upwards and onwards that's it, that's it, in it. a straight line. Sometimes
1: it's uh, going belly up and sometimes we make big, big mistakes. Oil spills, Amoco Cadiz, what? Exxon Valdez, Torre Canyon... All those stuff in the 60s and 70s, and then we did the shipping lanes in the in the channel, and we did uh, two hull uh, boats because it was really valuable merchandise that the petro- petroleum company were losing, and they were losing uh, quite a lot of the media, they were getting media attention, not in the right fashion, really. So it was all of their interest to actually change the whole stuff a bit, really, and to make it safer. And there's been no, no major uh, deep-sea horizon, was another one but that's a new way the uh, new, new problem new problem is done and I don't think there's going to be as many deep sea horizon problems that there's been all spills from uh, from a badly done uh, tankers really mm-hmm. because the whole uh, change is going to occur much faster this time around because they've learned it really well and then the whole way they're going to take a straight the whole lot and do the redundancy things all those kind of stuff I think it's good really so every time, yeah, he has to take a, a thing, but we learn from our mistakes. We don't learn from our, from all the good things, really. <laughs> we do, really. We learn from messing it up, really. Mm. And we are built like that, really. There's no changing that, the algorithm, really. Yeah, you just got to kind of go with it. Yeah, and, uh, and be a bit positive. Mm. I think the green movement is not very positive. I think the whole uh, health uh, way of looking at things is not very positive I think the politics uh, we are talking about is not very uh, positive I think we are not uh, overall there's a a, a massive increase in pessimism and nihilism oh yeah what's the point what's the point we're going to be dead anyway yeah well okay (laughs) brilliant there's a good bridge interbrief as well Well, because that's it really what is it you do really a bit really and if it's that negative if it's that uh, horrible if it's I mean it becomes really depressing as well really it's great there's tomorrow there's another day tomorrow really are are you going to be able to do a bit more tomorrow than today really towards sorting your shit out and helping others to sort their shit out and all the rest really that, oh yeah, it's easy to say. You're an osteopath. You see lots of people who got problems, and you solve their problems, and do a lot and thing. And then it, it's really meaningful, and then your job is so rewarding for you. type stuff, really. I hear that a lot, really. Oh, my job is not rewarding at all. Why is it not? Oh, okay, well, you don't have any hobbies. You don't see anybody. You're on your own.
0: You don't go and play ping pong. And it's like it's like people think people think that you just. You just came to the UK, became an osteopath for them, just had loads of clients, then that was it. That's it. That's it's it, like you knew everything, knew everything. Yeah. And, and it just worked out for you really, really well. Yeah. It's like, you, uh, like yeah. even people who do have it easy, still have they still have to their own struggles and have to work for stuff. It's all relative. Yeah. But if
1: you're quite positive and if you take your time, it's all going to work out fine. And if you've got a plan... If you want to achieve something. Mm-hmm. Shame. Uh, when I came to the UK, I thought I was going to be uh, sussed 10 years after uh, setting up a practice. I should have said I'm going to be sussed uh, one year after uh, setting up a practice. It would have been nine year less for struggle, really. Because I, I set up in my head that it was going to take me 10 years, really. Which it did. <laughs> I should have uh, thought about it being one year. In one year, mm-hmm. I'm going to be stressed it'll be fine.
0: And then, and then potentially fail at that, but maybe be 50% of the But way I could have, I could have stressed. tried it
1: nine times. Exactly. I could <laughs> have tried it nine times. Yeah. More. Yeah. And it would have been ten years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, the thing is to look positive, is to be a bit less pessimistic and, and to really believe in uh, how, how good Uh, progress is our good um, uh, uh, thinking about new things and old things and looking at finding out who we are trying to set goals and have a bit of a direction really I think that's the main thing really ah it's good I think if we were were a bit more positive it would work so much better really Mm -hmm. it's a good
0: point to leave it on I think
1: yeah cool What's the time? Nine
0: o'clock. Seven minutes to.
1: Seven minutes to eight. Nine.
0: Nine No noise. It's it's
1: super interesting the stuff.